Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's not a late night pod this time, so expect us to be way less entertaining, yep. way less, uh, we're going to stay focused. Mm, don't, um, no. We've got, we've got topics, we're going to hit the run order. Clips, uh, it's in, a- Jay-Z saying, I'm focused, man. <laughs> I'm focused, man. It's going to be a pod for the ages. Please, <laughs> thank you. Uh, we got Ryan Palmer in Portland, Oregon. Drinking yeah, mid, coffee. Mid coffee sip. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, everyone else everyone else ready to talk and yeah. Palmer. <laughs> mouthful well, of mug. That's just like passing it to someone who's not looking right there. Hit him in the that back of the head with that pass. <laughs> always gotta be always gotta see the ball. Always gotta see the ball. That was my fault. ABR. Eyes on uh, ABR Palmer. Yeah, no no weather update, Dan. Um this morning. <laughs> Uh, a beautiful day yesterday i'm here i'm ready I went to for go. two walks and one run yesterday because it was so nice out Ooh. i couldn't be inside yep uh today not so nice it's gonna be a lot of inside today i actually i went golfing yesterday and for some reason i went at 8 a.m and uh for some reason the course decided not to do a frost delay so i was out on that course playing on ice uh at 8 a.m made for great pictures not so great golf <laughs> Sounds glorious. Yeah, it was. You're just out there for the gram anyway. Yeah, exactly. You're just out there for the gram. That's that's true. All right, that's the weather update. Collins and Swamp <laughs> Scott. Oh, I got. Look, last week, you know, I started off the podcast uh, talking about uh, a friend I had met who has recently bought a boat or is in the process mm-hmm. of buying a boat. You know, he's going to pull the trigger. He's going to. He's about to pull the trigger on a, on a boat purchase. Um, I he, I recently learned that he wants to listen to this podcast and or is already listening to this podcast and i just want to say uh he doesn't have to he knows that right <laughs> i just want to say whatever these other guys say about me is not true I- i'm playing a character here this isn't really who i am uh please still let me on your boat uh i don't know what i said last week i was drunk um apology apology I need a I need a press secretary right now to give you that give me that sincere apology form letter that everyone writes uh, after they get caught doing something. Uh, I need to do one of those right now. Yeah, if you were like offended the, by my words, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Your fault. Yeah. <laughs> it was out of character for me. Um, I've sincerely learned. What was the uh, the guy from uh, Phoenix Rising? The coach from Phoenix Rising. <laughs> whatever he, whatever he said, I'm saying all the same things. I will work with the community to get better. Uh, it's been a learning experience for me. I'd like to speak directly to Colin's friend, our new listener. This is exactly who Colin is. <laughs> this is who we thought he was. This Look, is who he is. And frankly, I think he's too old to change. <laughs> Look, these guys don't know me. They've only known me my entire adult life and done 219 podcasts with me. So they don't really know anything about me. Just scratching the surface. Yeah. I'm a lot deeper than, than Mike realizes. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Samuelson's in Minneapolis. Uh, weather update here is we got a little snow yesterday. Oh, that makes good skiing. Got about six inches. Post skiing. Um, today's a beautiful day. It's, it's that day after snow day where there's just beautiful sunshine coming through. It's very bright because of all the fresh snow. Just a lovely, lovely day. Um, I miss I miss those days. Hey, you're always welcome back. You always have a home here, Palmer. It goes for all of you. Um, can I can I do my skiing update? Yeah, please. Been waiting for this. <laughs> uh, so so did a, another ski lesson yesterday. Uh, for the new listener, you're gonna have to go back a couple episodes if you want the skate ski uh lesson deep dive or whatever. Yesterday a was cl- a lot of, lot of flip-flop talks, a lot of uh, crossing over of the feet. And <laughs> a lot of falling, a lot of falling. Yesterday was a classic, classic lesson. I feel like a lot of people on this podcast were really hating on classic. Not a big um, fan. Man, I had a great time. I mean, I just want to say like the idea of you fell skating, I did fall a lot less. I don't think I fell at all, actually. But the wow. idea of skating on skis is is kind of silly, I think, if you think about it. Skating, <laughs> you're supposed to skate on skates. 
<laughs> you're supposed to ski on skis. Um, but had a great time. Uh, really feel like my comfort on skis has improved dramatically. This is, I mean, this is so on brand. If anyone thought that Mike would take one lesson of each and decide that he likes skate skiing better than classic skiing, uh, <laughs> you have not listened to all 218 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we, we did sign up for another episode of, um, of skate ski though. Just be, we're, we're going all in on skate ski just cause it does look more fun. But, uh, classic ski was great. It was a lot colder yesterday. So that was, uh, that was tough, but your boy, your boy got out and did a nice little circuit, uh, like a two kilometer circuit. So feeling good. That's excellent. I mean, cold's probably better for the snow conditions. So that, that that's good. You know, I don't know, man, I'm a novice. I've done two lessons. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's just weird to me that you're voluntarily exercising. That's all. You know, I was thinking about this because classic skiing in a lot of ways is fairly similar to running. Uh, but I think the difference is, you know, biking in a lot of ways is similar to running. And I, I do enjoy a bike ride. And I think the fact that you can be moving while not working is a real plus. It's really where I draw the line. Like if you're running, if you just stop working, you just stop. You're not you're just not going anywhere. But you can coast. So glide. I love a coast. I love a downhill do nothing and just <laughs> take in the world as it as it goes by. That's true. Peanut brittle updates, puzzle updates. You got anything else? <laughs> uh, I did General play brittle updates. I did play Bazingo yesterday. That's not really what you asked for, but uh, played Bazingo. Came really close, really close to winning. Didn't, oh, did not win though. Did not win. Heartbreaking. What and happens when you win? Do you have to yell Bazingo? Do you have to just go outside and yell Bazingo? <laughs> you have to run around the block naked yelling Bazingo. Mask on, many... mask on, mask on. Mask on, of course. Cliff, splice in, mask on. Mask on. I, I will say that I ordered a lot. I ordered a lot. <laughs> I ordered a lot less food and got the same number of Bazingo cards. It was a different restaurant, but I think there's, there's uh, mm. you know, loopholes to be had here. Mm. Foul play. Yeah, sounds fixy. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Um, Mike, I think you've got a warm-up for us, so I'm going to let you just go ahead and run that. Warm us I up. I do, I do. We, uh, we have very little content on today's pod other than, you know, ski talk and bazingo talk. And so we are scrambling here for a category, and it's FA Cup weekend. And uh, the category is F- all-time FA Cup winners. According to Wikipedia, so there are many of them. There are 43. Okay. So, you know, feel, feel free to go quickly. Uh, the order will be as you appear on my screen, which is Colin, Dan, Palmer. All right. All-time FA Cup winners. Yep. Uh, just have I'll to take, have won one time. Right. I'll take Manchester United. That is a good guess. 12 wins. Dan. Arsenal. All-time leader, 14 wins. Palmer. Liverpool. Yep, seven wins. Colin. Uh, Chelsea. Yep, eight wins. Dan. Manchester City. Six wins. Ryan. Uh, Tottenham. Tottenham. Tied for third with the most wins all time with eight. Wow. It's been a long time since they won that trophy, though. Everton. Yep. Five wins. Daniel. Aston Villa. Ooh, nice. Six all time with seven wins, just behind Spurs. Uh I feel like Newcastle United has won an FA Cup at some point in their career. They absolutely Aston. have. They've won six of them. I'm very impressed by how uh like not chronological, but like from the most to the least you guys have been. You've gotten uh, nine out of the top ten and the top eight. Wow. Colin, don't screw it up. Uh, yeah, I feel like Blackburn. Yes, that's the top ten team. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. What a warm-up. What a warm-up. Um, man, I feel like it gets a little tougher. How about... Uh, West Ham. Mm, like it. You would think that they've won. Yep, they have I, got three wins, 17th all time. 
Not even close. Easy. 17th. Got a lot of room to work with there. Uh, Nottingham Forest. Love yep. that one. Two wins, 22nd all time. Palmer, or uh, Colin, rather. All right, I'm going to use, use this. Is, I was trying to keep this in the pocket as long as I could, but Wigan. Wigan, just the one win in 2013. Hey, if it's a sure bet, it's a is sure that, bet. Uh, that's, that's with uh, uh, Everton Bobby man- Mar- managerial legend. Roberto Martinez, yes. Yes. Bobby M. Very nice. Uh, similarly, Portsmouth won one just before they blew up, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They did. They did. They also won one in 1939, so they've won two total. <laughs> nice. Uh, give me Leeds United. Yeah, Leeds only won once. Kind of surprising. Mm. Colin? I feel like I am out of easy ones. Um, I'm just going to have to go take some fucking shots in the dark. Uh, Sunderland. Yep. They've got two wins in. Oh, I like this. They won in 1937 and 1973. Ooh, nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, how about Wednesday? Sure. Three wins. Mm-hmm. including one. Uh, one, one in the 19th century. You got to love a 19th century win. That's kind of what I was banking <laughs> on. <laughs> Palmer. Oh God. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on anything right now. Let's go with, has Chelsea been said? I feel like Chelsea has already been said. Um, all right. So uh, Blackburn Rovers already said Bolton Wanderers. Sure. I like, four, it. Four, I like it. Four wins. The 14th team all time. Uh, wow. Very nice, Palmer. Very I, nice. I appreciate the committee. I appreciate the committee for allowing me multiple guesses on that one. Yeah. <laughs> way, way to talk through that. Those weren't guesses. Those were just you thinking out loud. That's true. Yep. I didn't hear you lock it in. Uh, um, I guess I'll go with Southampton. Sure. One win. 1976. Great team. Crystal Palace. Oh, nice. Ooh, Palace. No. I'm sorry, Daniel. Oh, I liked oh, it. I liked wow. it, but no. Oh, Palmer, it's just you and me. You might oh, think man. that they've won, but mm. they haven't. Um, no history, that club. No history. None. Uh, let's go Fulham. That's good. Ooh. Must have. They've been around forever. They've been bad Sorry, for guys. Wow. No full ham. Colin, you want you want to do any more fun guesses? Um Hull City. Nope. No Birmingham. Hull. Give me Birmingham City. Yeah, that's a historically big club, right? Negative. Wow. Oh. Wow. So the the team with the next most wins, uh, Number 11 was West Brom, oh, right next to Birmingham. A Birmingham club. Yeah, there you go. Um, Wolves, also a Birmingham club with four. Um, but let me just go through some of that. I feel like Dan will like this. Just some of the old-timey names, yeah. clubs that may or may not exist anymore. Plymouth Wimbledon. Oh, Wimbledon has got to be on there. But anyway, go on. Yeah, Wimbledon did win. Uh, okay, so there's just Wanderers, just plain old Wanderers. Who won five times between 1872 and 1878? Mm. It's the really tough out, really tough out. Oh, back then. Um, Old Etonians mm, won in 1879. That um, Oxford University got in there in 1874. Uh, Royal Engineers. I know we love Royal Engineers. Yes. <laughs> that would have been such an amazing guess. Yep, yep. Uh, Clapham Rovers. Wait, can I guess again then? Did uh casuals. did the casuals yeah. ever win? Yeah, exactly. Uh, old Carthusian won. I don't think <laughs> that's the same as I'm casuals. looking for Corinthian casuals. casuals. Yeah. Either uh, the Corinthians or the casuals pre or post merger is fine. <laughs> I do not believe so. They, you know, this might Too have been casual. like a professional oh. competition or something and that, you know, they maybe they didn't dabble in oh, really? that. Really Oxford talk to Oxford University about that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Dan. I don't make the rules. I literally just copy and paste a list. 
<laughs> um, Blackburn Olympic. Ooh. Got in Olympique. there with the win. Olympique. Uh, yeah. Sheffield United. Uh, some, some of the other big clubs that we didn't mention. Sheffield United. Uh, Huddersfield Town. Derby County. Burnley. Clubs. Blackpool. Clubs. Knotts County. Yada, yada, yada. Excellent. Way to go, Colin. Way to go. Thank you. Good congratulations, Good Colin. Good win by default. Um, <laughs> the, Mike, I'm just going to let you keep going. We got emails. Yeah, we got one email. Um, it's from George Robbins. He says, the streets remember Dimitri Payet. And honestly, this was a great one. That's a great one. one. I feel like any of the ones we got. Yeah, that is really good. That is really, really good. I so I had some more thoughts about this also. Dimitri Paya, excellent one. Um, I tried to turn on some soccer this morning. There was none on the normal television. Before I made it to ESPN Plus, I went to Peacock. Peacock was showing classic Premier League. Uh, I didn't realize it was a classic Premier League. It just said like Arsenal v whoever they're playing against. Turned it on. Andre Arshavin taking a free kick Ooh. for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. That's a good I was one. like, oh yeah, that's another one. Yep. Yep. Scoring four and doing this. Mm-hmm. So good. Just looking like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Dimitri Payet is such a good I mean, one though because that was like really like a w- exactly one season. Like, I don't know. I don't know if he played every game, but like 38 games. Like perfectly one season. He, he was relevant and then never again. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm what? pretty sure he kind of, he like parlayed that. I'm pretty sure he won a World Cup with France. He was yep. like on the team because he was still kind of riding that season. Yeah. Yep. Just went from out of nowhere to like the best player in the Premier League. Pop quiz, where is he now? Somewhere in Marseille, France. maybe? Yeah. I got to be. I mean, I, he went to Marseille, I think, after. But I don't know if he's still there. He is still at Marseille. He came from Marseille, went to West Ham, played 48 games, went back to Marseille. Love it. Unbelievable. Love it. The streets remember, we do not. We do not remember. <laughs> We're just the podcast. We're not the streets. We're not out I mean, on these streets, though. That's you got to remember <laughs> no. that. Another name like that, which is actually, to me, feels like it's the same era. I am not. I couldn't tell you what year it was that Dimitri Payet was good, but uh, is Danny Drinkwater, mm. who similarly did well in one season. Uh, you know, Obviously, Leicester won the title in that season and then promptly went to Chelsea and disappeared. So uh, he no, he's yeah. playing in under twenty three games against yeah, exactly. Spurs and getting in fights. That's what Danny Drinkwater's yeah. currently doing. That's, yeah, that's another good one. Another player that I don't know. I think he was more successful or had a greater longevity than Drinkwater and Payet. But Florent Maluda, I feel like he Ooh. had this one year where you're like, oh my god, this guy is absolutely incredible, and then proceeded to just get worse like progressively worse every year for a while and i think ended up playing like u23 soccer because he was on huge wages and didn't want to go anywhere yeah i mean he he got a lot of games there was an era there was a maluda era yeah he played 149 games for chelsea yeah he was around as i said uh much better than the or much greater longevity but yeah danny drinkwater went to chelsea played 12 he's still on the books for chelsea was loaned to Burnley, got a single game. Learned, loaned to Aston Villa, got a single game. Is currently on loan to Kisampasa in, I assume, Turkey. And uh, has not got a, not got a game at Kimpasa. Nice. Kasimpasa. I bet yeah. he's got a check, though. I bet he's got a couple checks. All that matters, baby. I, I, that's Chelsea's right. still that's writing right. those checks, yeah. He's drinking more than water these days. <laughs> that may be part of the problem. Maybe that's why he's fighting 20-year-olds. Don't worry if I play games, I cash checks. Cliff, you know what to do yep. there. <laughs> that one writes itself, Cliff. That one writes itself. Um, any any other thoughts on Payette or players the streets remember? I just want to say that this was one of my favorite. I, I think Keevan wrote us the original email. Yep. Uh, but one of my favorite emails are like prompts we've ever had. That's a really good one. I, I've been thinking about I these think, guys all week. I don't have any great one, but. I think we could come back to this on just a rolling basis. You know, yeah. hey, I thought of one this week. <laughs> yeah, we'll just come yeah, back exactly. to it. Yeah, exactly. Or like somebody, somebody starts falling off. You're like, hey, we won't forget him, but you know who's not good anymore? It's setting up. <laughs> I was out on these streets yeah. last week, and you know who they were talking about? <laughs> Dimitri Payet. Jabril Deli Ali before he had the goatee. Um, George also, we were talking about, you know, Zlatan criticizing some young player for wearing gloves and George wanted to, 
Corona comment on that. He says, sports are as mental as they are physical. If you feel tougher because you aren't wearing sleeves or gloves, like I did when I played, then you are tougher. Zlatan is probably right for himself and wrong for the kid. As a point of comparison, Colin and the rest of Sherwood were always soft, smiley face. Wow. Mm. Wow. Colin, I feel like uh, the streets are going to remember this if you don't come back (laughs) pretty hard. I mean, first of all, last week I told a story about playing football on a team that George was on uh, and saying that there was a player on our team who did not wear sleeves at any cost, blah, blah, blah. I think George might have thought I was talking about him. I definitely wasn't, uh, even though he had the same behavior pattern as the person I was talking about. Um, like George, say names then. Say names. Don't get so mad. Uh, I'll just say it, it was someone from Idaho. Um, oh yeah, and- that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone from Idaho who you don't want to be in a fight with. Uh, but yeah, so. No, George. I, like I'm, I get into the where George's. Uh, George went to school, but let's just say, uh, it's a one of a kind private school in in Milwaukee. Uh-oh. It's one of a kind because there's only one school worth of people who have the money in the city of Milwaukee to be able to Uh-oh. afford it. It Costs wow, more wow. to go to kindergarten there than it does to go to wow. school at McAllister. Problematic. So, problematic. Wow. Light. Oh man, I, I feel like we're really opening up. Came back. Like George, George makes this lighthearted gesture, and then Colin comes yeah. back over the top. Actually, a classic Mike Samuelson move, to be honest. Just taking, <laughs> taking things a you little did bit ask too for far. It. So you asked for it, Mike. Claps. You wanted him to come back hard. Clip. Just bring in claps for this entire part, please. <laughs> I'm excited to see how this pod is edited, and and then based on that edit, what George comes back. I do. With. I do have to say, I, although I was I have golfing, to say about George, I was golfing George yesterday, and it was cold, and I was thinking about this the entire time. I was bundled the fuck up. I had <laughs> I had two sets of gloves on in between shots, and I thought to myself, "Being cold fucking sucks." So I'm I, I am don't give me that. I feel tougher, look tougher, bullshit. I'm I'm trying yeah. to stay warm. This, this, Absolutely. This I although I do remember George not wearing being one of the guys who doesn't wear sleeves. Um, now that you wrote this email, uh, I also remember one of my favorite lines from George. George. Uh, you know, for all the shit I give him for going to this rich kid private school, uh, has a different story than a lot of people about where he grew up and where he went to school and why and all that kind of thing. And part of his story when he explains that to people is always, um, I'm not tough, but the neighborhood I grew up in is or something like that. Um, so, and I think that is, uh, yeah, pretty apt. Like I can make fun of where he went to school, but I cannot make fun of where he grew up, that place, uh, much tougher than Shorewood, much tougher. It's good to ha- it's good to have tough friends. I would imagine. I don't yeah. feel like I have many, but I <laughs> would don't. like to have. You some. don't. Wow. You don't. No, you don't. You definitely look, don't. Look like. around. Look around. I mean, Downy soft. Well, I love I love you all, but <laughs> you, you guys, I would not describe as tough. Mm-mm. Yeah, I've become accustomed to wearing very expensive running shirts when I go running. So, <laughs> so. and and really. to. To Palmer's point about being warm, I can't remember a day when I haven't worn long underwear just around the house, just because yeah. I'm trying to stay warm. Hey, being warm is nice. Being cold sucks. Being warm is nice. I'm also pretty cheap. We keep we keep the house fairly cold, which is part of it. But that's neither. But then you have to buy there. long underwear, so you got to do the math and figure out. Yeah, I'm buying it anyway. You're I'm buying, buying it anyway, Dan. Had to go in your you fleece, need, whatever. You need it for the walks. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Oh, that's excellent stuff. Uh, Soccerthread at gmail.com. Oh, Please email us. Is that what us. this pod is about? <laughs> it's pod. Uh, it's about whatever happens. It's just a pod. It's about whatever happens. <laughs> the only thing on the run order this week is U.S. Men's National Team stuff. I'm not even sure there's a reason exactly, except that I think we saw a tweet this week that listed out uh, roster, you know, the depth chart by position for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, and that seemed fun to talk about, so we're going to. Um, Colin has taken that tweet, I believe, and, um, you know, shifted it around a little bit, put players in where he likes them, uh, give us a bit of a depth chart. And, uh, Colin, I'm going to let you uh, go ahead with this. All right, yeah. I mean, th- this is relevant to me because... Um I, we, I can't remember when we played Trinidad and Tobago, but it's this week, I believe. Um, 
And then this year, we're actually going to play some meaningful games, um, which we haven't been able to say for a while for the U.S. men's national team. So it stops being this year. It stops being that exercise of uh, try shit out. Um, oh, yeah, this guy will be good in a couple of years. Fine, 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 whatever. And you got to actually put guys on the field in positions where they can succeed. So we get to finally move from that kind of hypothetical, uh, what would be your favorite U.S. men's national team to what, who do you really want on the field in a, in a meaningful game? And um, I broke this roster down uh, the way I'll describe or what I expect us to play is like a 4-3-3 where we play with obviously a single striker, two wings, um, and then the center midfield, one true holder, one, you know, one six, and then two guys who are, um, you know, whatever you want to call them, shuttlers, I think would be the Nagby way to say it. Um, but guys who are kind of box-to-box midfielders, you know, you can have one that's a little bit more attacking than the other if you like, but um, they're, they they got to play offense and defense. Um, and then four in the back. So uh, I put, I gave us a two deep at all these positions or four deep if uh, it's a situation where there are two spots on the field for that position. Um, and I just want to hear your guys' thoughts. Um, start with striker. And my two on my two deep uh, are Josie and Josh Sargent. Um, does anyone have a disagreement there? Dan, I know you're not a huge Josh Sargent guy. Yeah, Josh Sargent scored uh, what at first blush looks like a banger. And then you watch the replay this weekend. Uh, the goalkeeper was unsighted, didn't see it until late. <laughs> the goalkeeper like halfway dives and then like from his knees is making gestures about like, I didn't see that. <laughs> Uh, so that's just good goalkeeping, know. though. If a goal yeah. goes by I mean, you, true. you're just like, oh, that's sorry, didn't see it. <laughs> didn't, didn't see that <laughs> one. It's in the it top corner. S- you made a huge dive, and then you're like, oh, I didn't see it. <laughs> Would have saved it if but I like, saw the, the ball. ball- <laughs> that's right the ball hits the net like basically in the center of the goal too i mean this this was not like the most amazing shot but hey scored in the bundesliga good for him outside the box i think it was the f- add him to that list fourth goal in a 4-1 win so you know really meaningful stuff from josh Sargent. way to go <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, but at the, i mean i'm not saying i've got better ideas at striker josie maybe in a pinch is still the guy, but we haven't seen him healthy fit um, in years. Like, I don't, I don't know if he's still that guy or not. We haven't seen it. Yeah, I'd say it's been about 18 months since he's been um, that guy. I think that that's the biggest question in this. Like, can we, do we still slot Josie in as our number one striker choice? Like, uh, given that we haven't seen him play, there's so many, there's so many other players that I feel like we have enough data on and enough kind of uh, games under their belt that we can maybe make an exception. And do you put Josh Sargent at the top of this list or do you still have Josie number one? Um, so yeah, I'll be clear here. When I make this list and you guys are looking at it on the screen, I did not put these guys necessarily in order. Um, I didn't think that hard about it, uh, but probably they, they are for me. It, if I were Greg Berhalter, I would say this comes down to camp. If Josie comes in and looks like old Josie in camp, even though he hasn't been in a game, I'm still going to trust him um, just because he's got over 100 caps. He's, you know, had success against CONCACAF minnows before, and those are the first games that are going to be meaningful that this U.S. men's national team is going to play. Um, so I'd like to see him beat up on some minnows before I start him in Azteca. But, um, yeah. If, if he looks like old Josie in camp, he's he's number one for me over Sargent. But I'm, I'm more of a Sargent fan than Dan is. I, I put him pretty close together. I, I just feel like striker is a position that is by far the most open in this team. That just nobody nobody has any idea of like who the actual starters are going to be in the World Cup in a couple of years. I think like the other positions are somewhat locked down. But I mean, there's there's like five or six guys who are all between 19 and 21 who could legitimately be starting. I mean, this kid, Matthew Hoppy uh, scored five goals in the last three games in the Bundesliga. And, you know, probably most of us didn't know much about him a month ago. Mm-hmm. And now he's scored almost as many goals as Sargent in, you know, a fifth of the games or whatever. So I just feel like this one is so, so open, which is, which is fun. I mean, the fact that we have a lot of guys who feel like they could progress into this role, I think is exciting. The young American, 
do we actually know how to pronounce his name? Hope Hoppy. I think it's Hoppy. Hoppy. Uh, the most goals in the top uh, European leagues in 2021. So yeah. uh, take that Messi, take that Ronaldo, take that Lewandowski. Uh, Gold, there's a new guy in town. Golden Age is upon us. Um, yeah, I was going to say that guy, we'll see. I know Mike for Hopi Hoppy doesn't love uh, the styles of his goals. I mean, I think Mike, your comment has been that they all look very kind of fluky or like he catches the defense off guard or flat footed or like miscommunications between defenders and goalkeepers. I mean, there, there are a lot of like striker goals and like kind of hustle goals, but I mean, those, those also count just as much. And I mean, we'll see, he still hasn't played very much. So maybe he has more in his arsenal, but just hasn't had a chance to show it. He's playing for like a Schalke team that is just God awful. Uh, and I think he's got like a third of their goals now. So, you know, I'm not convinced that just because that's the kind of goals we've seen from him, that that's all that he has. But yeah, we haven't seen him score, you know, a 30 yard banger or a, a goal after a long run or anything like that. And also worth noting that like uh, when he was playing for their U23s and everything, like the last two or three years where he's been developing, he hasn't been a guy scoring a goal a game at lower levels either. He's been kind of a mm, hustle type striker or whatever, doesn't score as much as he should kind of striker. So hard to believe that a guy will put it together at the top level kind of and like you're like oh that's if you've like been playing at the top level, level this whole time up. you know whatever but um you never know he, he uh whatever got to give him the benefit of the doubt until he stops scoring so i have so what, i have a couple questions about sorry dan uh i'm just gonna keep running with this though so uh i have a couple questions about the uh, i think this tweet in particular was was meant to kind of um, show the depth that we have at, at some positions and then the lack of depth that we don't have it at others. But like there's names on here that I'm kind of like, really? Or is that depth? So like under Tim Weah, uh, Jordan Morris, Paul Ariola, and, and Chris Mueller. So is that, you're is skipping that ahead. You're skipping ahead to wings, by the way. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I think I'm going to call it transition. That's, that's called a transition, th- Colin. Right. Well, Let's transition. I'm 19 podcast and you don't know what a transition is. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me throw some names out here that I'm kind of like, uh, are these our options? Is that depth? Like, uh, I yeah. think yeah. similar to the, to the same as like, as, uh, Hoppy is like, uh, th- this is a kid that has had a good, what month. And now he's climbing up these, the depth chart here. Sure. Um, so, you know, and, also names that I haven't really even heard. So like um, Tanner Tessman, I have no idea who that is. Uh, Andres Pereira. Yeah. Oh, he's the guy who just. Uh, and then, and then you have cent- center defense or center, you have de- like, center defensive mid center, center mid. Yeah. Owen Odo. I have no idea. Oda. Oda he plays Oda for wolves. Oda Oda well, yeah, I, yeah, he's at, uh, he's at wolves, wolves. right? But yeah. I mean, has he been like lighting the world on fire or is it just cause he's getting time at wolves now that we're like, Oh, he's on the, he's, he's in the depth, uh, in the depth chart here. Um, I mean, I, it sounds to me, Palmer, like what you're saying is, you know, my excitement at all these options. Another way to say it is like, we don't have that many established guys. And so even in these positions where we have, you know, Pulisic or Reina or McKenney or Adams, you only have to go, you know, two or three spots down the depth chart to find some guy who's played seven minutes at Wolves, and all of a sudden he's like, you know, our fourth best, right. whatever. Like we can just we can put a list together and be like, look at all these people we got, but then also we can look at that list and be like, do we have that much? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a valid criticism. A lot of the guys, the the issue is that a lot of the guys who are playing at a high level now are young, right? So. It's not like so. I, I I feel like Jordan Morris is is the opposite of this. But a lot of the guys you're talking about are like okay, um, he's come through at Wolves now, or um, I don't know, Pereira's Pereira is actually in MLS, but like they don't have that much on tape to convince you, or they haven't played with the U.S. Men's National Team to convince you that if they came off the bench, we'd be fucking fine. Like it wouldn't be as good as the first starter, but we'd be fine. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a valid criticism of any young guy, like whether they're if they if they haven't played a ton of first team minutes. But at the same time, 
a lot of these guys have a much higher ceiling. So, you know, then if we were calling on Lee Wynn or, you know, I don't try to think, uh, Brad Davis, uh, you know, guys in the past who were like, oh, they're an MLS all-star, I guess. But, you know, they're going to get outclassed absolutely by a Mexico, a Costa Rica or a European or South American team. Um, whereas the other guys are on teams or or in leagues where they're playing, their team is at least playing at that high, high level. And yeah, maybe they're a, uh not playing every week for their team because their team is good, but I'd rather have the current situation basically is what I'm saying, even though there's more variance or whatever. Um, And Jordan Morris, I think is the opposite, right? Jordan Morris, we know what we're going to get from him. Yeah. He's going to swans. Now that's championship level. There's been plenty of times when we would love to have a guy third or fourth or fifth on the depth chart that was playing in the championship. Right. So, yeah, I think that's not a. I think it's a good situation. I I think it is depth compared to where we've been. I I think also though to Palmer's point, like we've been talking for you know three four years now basically about like well we don't really have any games that matter for a while. You know we can experiment. We can let these young guys come good. But we are now getting to the point where it's like okay, is this guy good enough? Like yeah, I know he's only twenty, but we we got to start winning fairly soon. So at a certain point, you have to be like all right. You know, cool that you've played a couple games for whatever club, but you're still not an international player. Maybe we got to go with, you know, Paul Ariola instead of, you know, fill in the blank 19 year old. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing reads more like a taking stock of our trout than it does like depth. Like, I think just the way you frame these lists is uh, slightly different. But I, I do think that's a good point that when you have to start winning games, which of these guys do you actually trust? It's not clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, some of these guys are going to get minutes for the national team, and that generates the tape that tells us whether or not they're good or not, right? That we maybe just don't have. Um, so it, it's a bit of just like this cycle of uh, fulfilling the needs. Yeah. And, and we'll see what comes out of it. Yeah. So also, Palmer, you're looking at like the deeper list on the run order which neither of these things are available to the listeners, so whatever. But um, uh, I just listed the top 22, my personal top 22. So that was my thing of like, these are the guys I think we can actually see on the field or trust enough to put on the field, which those names you mentioned, like Tanner, whoever, um, uh, the kid that's at Wolves, Otasawi, whatever. He's not on my list, right? So I think those guys are like a little bit deeper down the depth chart, uh, generally, generally speaking, whereas... Um, kind of the depth in the top 22 is maybe somebody like Ledesma, um, Brendan Aronson. And then there are a couple spots. Yeah, I totally agree. Specifically for me at center defensive mid and left back where we actually do get into those guys who are unknown quantities and really young. I think so to, to skip transition, whatever you want to call it to the six. I think after Tyler Adams, I don't think we have a good option. Um, I think maybe a year or two ago, we thought McKenney could maybe kind of fill that spot and we would rotate over, but McKenney doesn't play like that anymore. Um, I don't think we can do that. I don't think we have a, a backup for Tyler Adams. Um, and then at the left back, yeah, we can switch Dest over and that's probably what would happen. But right now I've got George Bellow, a guy who is yet to get his first cap and is whatever, however many years old, Michael tell you, uh, you know, being the two on the two deep, right? So um, I think that is, is another place where we see that lack of depth but everywhere else i think the guy who comes off the bench or, or fills in in case of an injury is somebody like matt miazga who were like okay not thrilled to have him playing but i don't know he's fine i don't know yeah he's a professional it's better than He'll omar do the job. like whatever you know it's not somebody who you're gonna put your head in your hands so and i feel like colin you kind of bring up a an interesting point which is like with the desk that left back or mckinney at the six is like are these guys, you know, so much better at their preferred position? Like, is McKenney so much far and away our best eight that we wouldn't want to put him out of position because he's like, you know, world class or whatever, Wh- whatever label you want to put on it. Same with Dest at right back. Like, is he just such a great right back that you just have to lock him in there because even though he can do a decent job at left back, like you've got an elite, elite prospect or not even prospect, elite, elite player who can play there. And I feel like those are some of the questions that I think 
Greg is probably going to have to answer in the next few months because we do have some potential holes and injuries happen and things like that. You know, guys go out of, you know, in, in bad form and whatnot. So I think, you know, hopefully in a couple of years, by the time the World Cup happens, uh, you know, 20 months or whatever, like we don't have to deal with that as much. Maybe some of these guys really emerge and lock down a spot. But definitely right now, there are some of those questions that I think we still have to figure out. I, I, have, I have one more question about this. Uh, this list yeah um center back so you have the left center back and the right center back and on this list they have top choice john brooks and chris richards and then under chris yeah. richards at the right center back is mark mckenzie matt miazga Wal- uh, walker Zim- zimmerman uh, aaron long epb and ccv uh and then under John Brooks at the left center back is Tim Ream. And then is this really it? Uh, it's it not seems really like it. that. It seems like that's like uh, I I've run out of center back choices. Like we, it sounds, it looks like we have a decent number of center back choices. Do we have to say that like one has to play left center and the other has to play right center? It seems like there's no. there's choices there. Like that just yeah, seems like, like so that's, silly. T- like tactical people on Twitter like to act like like left center back and right center back are these totally incompatible positions, right. which is okay. silly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mark McKenzie played plenty of left center back for the Philadelphia union. I don't know what he's going to play at Genk, but, uh, he played, he has played it. So he'll be fine. So, yeah. Um, the, I mean, the one place that, like I said, that scares me or like, I, I don't think, so I think Mike made the point outside backs with desks, being so good and so two-footed, he can play on either side. And then, yeah, we seem to have more options at right back. So you can imagine him playing left back if Anthony Robinson is either hurt or, you know, going through a bad run of form. Um, and then center back, I completely think that, yeah, what we said is true. You can just move those guys around. Uh, I don't think we can do it in the midfield. I'd love to hear your guys' opinion, but I don't think we can play a midfield of Weston McKenney, Musa, and Aronson, for instance, those are my top three um, of the, like, you know, shuttlers, eights. I don't think we can play and just ask one of those guys to sit. I don't think that works, actually. Um, I think we need a true holder, um, given how attacking everyone, like, the other guys are. Um, unless we're playing, whatever, I don't know, Antigua and Barbuda. Um, I don't think we can play without a, a true holder. And I don't think we have a good one besides Tyler Adams. Is there somebody else who can step into that role? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, oh, go ahead, Dan. We've seen Ewell do it. He's not been terrible, I don't think. He's been very kind of replacement level. So same as Miazga, right? I wouldn't be happy to see him on the field, but I also wouldn't be really upset. I'd be like, okay, we got to get through the game. We'll let Ewell do it. Um, my concern would be that Burhalter falls back into his uh, I love a diagonal long ball and a guy that can't run and goes to uh, Chicago Fire Zone, whatever that guy's name is now. Uh, the guy that came in after Bradley kind of got dumped. and Will Trapp. Uh, Trap. Will Trapp. He goes back to Will oh, Trapp. He's at Chicago. I didn't know that. I, th- I think he's uh, yeah. now Minnesota United Zone, I thought. But oh, anyway. Minnesota United, sorry. Yeah, Midwest. It's all the same. Uh, so <laughs> Flyover fly country. country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's my concern. And Will Trapp isn't on the step chart that we're looking at, right? So like... In some ways, I think actually this depth target we're looking at is hopeful that the page has really turned on some guys yeah. that otherwise would have been here. Unfortunately, and my concern kind of is like we come into camp and Tyler Adams it, like is just not healthy. Like he can't even be in camp. Like is Burhalter really not gonna just fall back into guys that he's seen play before? This I isn't mean, this isn't didn't... Burhalter's uh, depth tweet, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly but, it's not Burhalter's tweet but I mean Burhalter didn't call in Bradley or Will Trapp to the January camp that's happening now which I think is encouraging I mean Jackson Ewell is definitely in there uh, but to I think it was Dan who made this point like it also depends who we're playing like I do think if we're playing a CONCACAF team at home uh, maybe other than Mexico or Costa Rica like we could maybe get away with a, a three-man midfield of you know, a McKenney, Musa, Aronson, or, you know, three guys who all work really hard, even though none of them are pure sixes. Um, but, you know, against like a more attacking team, a, a higher quality team, 
we I agree that I think we need a six. I'm interested to see what uh, Pereira can do. Uh, I'm hoping that we get to see him against Trinidad next week. Uh, I mean, he's definitely not at the quality of Adams, uh, at least like from the club situation. I haven't seen him play much, but I would just assume Orlando's kind of a mid-level MLS club. So, you know, maybe it's something that he can evolve into. But also I feel like at the international level, more than more than at the club, a lot of times it's just like finding a like-for-like guy. And it's like, okay, maybe this guy isn't Tyler Adams. He's 80% Tyler Adams, but we can still put him in there. He knows the role. Everyone else gets to keep doing what they're doing. So yeah, we have a system important. We have a system and he does a Tyler Adams impression. So that'll work. I think that's a great shout actually. in that also um, with apologies to Jackson, you will trap like they're not the most athletic for guys who are uh, play that position. Um, Whereas Tyler Adams is pretty fucking athletic. Um, And that's also the profile for Perez that he's very athletic work, hardworking, all that good stuff. Just like Tyler Adams. Um, Probably, yeah, like you say, not as complete of a player, but um, yeah, that's a great point. Okay, I'm going to wrestle hosting duties from Dan because I'm never good at this, uh, this question. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys this question, and I'm going to start with Colin up front. Let's assume that it's 4-3-3, right? Um, who are your three strikers that we start? We need to win a game tomorrow. Who are you starting? Just the strikers. Uh, just the strikers. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's the Josie question, uh, whether he's uh, like on form and healthy and everything like that. But if I get, um, we need to win a game tomorrow. Do I get to see Josie, or he just shows up at the door? Like I haven't seen him play. We we need to win tomorrow. a game today. Tomorrow. Is today? Tomorrow's tomorrow. I, <laughs> he's healthy though. Like have I seen, seen him? He's, yesterday he's was I in, in the, on the training pitch strong. with Josie or not? If 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 I wasn't, no. Let's okay, see, let's, then let's I'm taking Sergeant. I, okay, given what you know right now, Sergeant. I I don't know enough about Josie. I know nothing right now. He could be he could have a torn ACL right now, and I wouldn't know it. Um, but Sergeant played yesterday, so the chances the chances are decent that he has a torn <laughs> ACL right now. <laughs> Sergeant played yesterday. Scored a goal, Sergeant. We're taking him, uh, putting him next to Pulisic and Gio Reyna. Okay. Mike, 4-3-3, your three midfielders are? Uh, I would go with, I mean, probably, assuming we can get Musa for a, a game and he doesn't, you know, go back to playing for England, I would go with Adams, Wes, and Musa. So yeah, no like, Gio. I think Gio Reyna's not quite. No, Gio, yeah. I took Gio. Well, I didn't, ask, Gio, I didn't I, ask you. He, he, <laughs> I mean, Gio, I took Gio, Gio I don't think <laughs> Gio's going to play forward and midfield. He doesn't really defend very much. Uh, and I think the way Greg likes to play, like our midfielders have to be pretty active defensively. So I, I wouldn't want to put him in there. Okay. Dan, our back four. Uh, Dest at right back, John Brooks in the middle. I think Mark McKenzie, because he's played more minutes recently. Chris Richards, you know, has a ceiling. He's at Bayern, but like, he's not like, I, especially at center back, you need someone that's in rhythm. Gotta so I'm going to take McKenzie. Yeah. Chris Richards yep. could have a torn ACL. Uh, you don't know. <laughs> I mean, any of these guys could, we don't know. We don't know. Uh, left back is tough. I, I guess it's Anthony Robinson, but honestly, like. Maybe Reggie Canning can play over there. Maybe Yedlin can Anthony play over Robinson there. Anthony like, Robinson didn't play in the FA Cup this weekend. Was he being rested or does he have a torn ACL? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We're going to try him out there uh, tomorrow, though. We're going to try him out there. Palmer, who are you yeah, picking a goalie? Well, okay, so I'm taking Zach Steffen at goalie. That's, this is easy for me. Okay, Colin, who's your first guy off the bench? We get three subs. Ooh, my first guy off the bench? Um... I'll give you here. I'll I'll give you a, a a choice here. We need a goal. First guy off the bench. We need a goal. We need a goal. Uh, Tim Weah. Okay. We need for, to for who need, though? No, yeah, that's right. You, you're, that's why it was such a hard, hard uh, thing to think about. Actually, I'm gonna take it back. Yeah, not Tim Weah. Because I I want to leave Pulisic and Gio on the on the field because I think those are, for me, our two best players right now. Nah, it's probably not true, but two most likely to come up with the 
beating the guy that leads to the goal, even though they're not the one scoring. Well, um, so te- I'm gonna put him- technically, Gio's not on the pitch right now. I took Gio. You missed that. <laughs> I didn't ask you this question. I asked you, who are your three strikers? And then I asked Mike, who are the midfielders? I know. I this took is him our starting as one of my three strikers. This is bad content. <laughs> my three strikers were Pulisic, Josh Sargent in the middle, and Gio on the right wing. Oh, you're I right, took you're right. Gio. You're right. My bad. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. I'm going to put in Brendan Aronson. I really like Brendan Aronson. I think he has a lot of ton, ton of energy. Uh, putting him on when everyone else is tired. Uh, he can go up and down the pitch. I'll just pick, put him probably going to go on for Musa, um, but could be Adams depending okay. on how we're playing. All right. But, we uh, need, yeah. Brendan Aronson. We need, we need to defend a lead. Who are you putting on? Still me? Yes. Ooh, we need to defend a lead. That's where we we don't have a a, a sound defensive mid. I like right. Um, Brendan Aronson. I'm still putting Brendan Aronson on. <laughs> he defends, he's, and I put him. He's in, a multi use tool. I put him on for uh, for Gio Reyna in this case, and then I move uh, Wes or Musa. Either one of those can play on the right side of midfield where I just took Gio from. But they're a much better defender than Gio, so. We just became better defensively in that way. Dan, same question. If you're defending a lead, you got to get Paul Ariola on there to help your left back, whoever that <laughs> left back is. So you put Paul Ariola on, covers the front, uh, you know, the, the, the decent cut, left right, yeah. wing, and you just let him work because that's all he's going to do. He's he's a worker. Yeah, let him work. Route, yeah. Yep. Uh, if we if we need a goal, need a goal. You want somebody that's going to score with their head? Maybe that's that's not Josie. He's a big dude, but he doesn't score with his head. I don't know who that is. M- Chris Mueller? Mm. Is he our best header of the ball? That feels wild. I don't I don't know. Is what he the though? Be- no, no. Weston is definitely our best header of the ball. Yeah. Well, but he's already on the pitch. Far. Yeah. But he's already on the pitch, right? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, look, if uh, Colin can can get his boy uh, 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 Aronson on the pitch, then I'll put Abobasi on. Because he's, uh, he's played 187 straight games for the Timbers until he got injured. Uh, he does score with his head. He's, he's really brought scoring as part of his repertoire as a striker, which has been nice. Uh, so it's either going to be Abobasi or Mueller if you need a, uh, a goal. Because I think both of those guys can score with their head. Love it. Mike, same question. Need a goal, defending a lead. Okay, so I will caveat my need a goal. So the answer is Tim Weah. Uh, you can put him in anywhere across the top three on the wings or up up top. The caveat, though, is I'm very close to starting Tim Weah over Josh Sargent, which seems kind of crazy because Sargent is starting game in, game out in the Bundesliga. Weah is mostly coming off the bench in, in League 1. Uh, but Weah's team is way better than Sargent's, and I just think Weah is a better player than Sargent. He's coming off an injury, so you know he's maybe not quite back to full strength or working his way back into the starting lineup. But I think for me, he's he's our best option as a number nine right now. Uh, but since Colin didn't pick him, I'm taking him off the bench uh, to go get that goal. And then if I have to protect a lead, um, I mean, y- you want you're just kind of like a smart midfielder in in the the middle who's gonna like. You know, no one to take that yellow card, uh, can put in a tackle, but can also hold the ball and relieve pressure a little bit. Problem is, we don't really have that person off the bench. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. I think, I think if I had to choose one person, it would probably be Johnny Cardoso, who's played two games for us. He's still really young, but he's getting minutes in the Brazilian top league. Um, and I just feel like, again, he kind of fits that, that profile. And I do remember him taking a very smart yellow card in one of the, the games he played. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go with Johnny. We're going to take Gio Reyna out and put Johnny in. Love it. Dan, thank you for letting me, uh, host for a little bit. I apologize that I didn't listen to any of your answers. No, that felt great. I like that. That's the thing about hosting. You don't have to listen. <laughs> the, the way of versus sergeant question is an interesting one. I think that it's very possible that Wea for the U.S. men's national team becomes a striker and not a winger, um, depending on how he plays, whatever at the club level, like how they, how he develops there. Uh, 
my perception, tell me if this perception of him is wrong, but my perception is like, he seems like to be very good attacking. Um, but which is obviously the point of playing striker, but, uh, I think Sargent is like more physical and seems to do like work really hard without the ball. Even in the, in the, um, goal he scored this week, he did like a nice little shield with his body to open up the space for himself off kind of like a bouncing ball. I feel like Sargent's like really great at those little things, winning 50 fifties kind of Bobby Wood shit. And I don't feel like Tim Weah is that player. I think he's just kind of like a whatever needs the service kind of player, maybe a little bit more. And I wonder if that sets up to have both of them have roles for the U S men's national team in the future, kind of maybe how we played Josie and Bobby Wood for a while, where one is a bit of a flat track bully. And when we're going to have the ball, he's better. And then the other is, Oh, if we're not going to have the ball most of the game and we need to do a lot of running without the ball and winning 50 fifties, out of our striker, um, then you're better, right? So, I mean, is that true? I feel like Sargent is like your classic kind of back-to-goal striker and also seems to work very hard defensively, but that might just also be because Werner Bremen never has the ball. (laughs) Because Uh, he has to, otherwise he'd get three (laughs) touches a game. Yeah, but he just, he doesn't seem very dynamic to me. Like, I'm not sure which one you were saying is like the one who needs service, but to me, that's Sargent. I feel like way I can get the ball and take a player on and create something. And Sargent is like, you know, maybe try and finish something off in the box, uh, which I don't even think he's particularly good at. Yep. Uh, this entire conversation is really moot if Darlington Nagby is not on the depth chart, though. So <laughs> just. For the new listener, Dan's a big uh, Darlington Nagby fan. Yeah. Big. He's a perfect human being. <laughs> Not enough of those. No, no, that is certainly true. It's just Ryan Palmer and Darlington Nagy, and that's it. That's all we got. So we've got a game coming up against uh, Trinidad and Tobago. We will recap that. Most of this conversation is not really applicable <laughs> because these guys aren't in camp anyway. We're talking about the full team, not the uh, January camp team. Um but I don't think we have to get into it. We'll talk about it after it happens. Uh, FA Cup this weekend. Uh, Manchester United just put Liverpool out. Uh, Everton get to lose to a lower league team on the same, like at the same time that the Packers could lose to Tom Brady. It's going to be a oh tough afternoon God. for Colin Smith. Yeah, I got to wow. go for a really long run. Something like that. I yeah. don't know. The bowling yeah. alleys Three are hours. all closed. Yeah, I can't go bowling anymore. That's what I'm saying. Tough afternoon. Um, what else? Uh, the one thing to look forward to from the uh, Trinidad and Tobago game is finding out whether Josie has a torn ACL or not. He'll probably start that game. <laughs> you need to not put that in hey. the universe right now. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Josie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd love to see Josie. Let's see what's going yeah, on with him. I agree. Let's see. Yeah, be great. All right. And I'm done, boys. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. I feel like this episode, more Thanks, than Cliff. any other, felt like the car talk where we were just, somehow we've managed to waste another hour. <laughs> waste. Great. Waste. Speak for yourself, Mike. This is the, my favorite hour <laughs> of the week. Hey, I agree, but I'm not saying it's uh, it's a waste for everyone else. That's what I'm trying to say, Paul. <laughs> That's fair. Thanks for sticking around. Thanks, Thanks Cliff. Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. But. Wolf, I got a pee. My recently searched are Premier League table, purple can, malt liquor, Packers game. <laughs> purple can, malt liquor. Can you tell us why you're searching the purple can right now? Stop. Stop right now. Because uh, Migration Brewing is moving into Palmer's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They 
have a beer that comes in a pink can. Mm. Uh, my sister-in-law was trying to convince us to move to the neighborhood because the pink can will be available in the neighborhood. And I needed to make a joke about the purple can, but I couldn't remember the name of the purple can. So I had to search purple can malt liquor. Mm, pitbull. First first hit. Yep. Comes right up. <laughs> I like it. All right. I, I got a good category. All right. All right. Love it. I'm a lot deeper than, than Mike realizes. Oh, yeah. That guy. Actually, a classic Mike Samuelson move, to be honest. No, I feel great. I felt like I heard that across the nation. Yeah, I, I, this is thumb pointing. My own claps. I'm talking about my own claps here. I, I don't feel good about it. Hey, listen, I love a thumb pointer. Enough of this finger pointing. We need thumb you pointers. Know, when you point a thumb at yourself, you're just pointing four fingers at somebody else. Yeah. It's that kind of podcast. <laughs>